0: Hey, this is Grant, and I just wanted to tell you about a very special holiday shopping event from our sponsor, Sherry Winter Parker of Corcoran. Sherry is working with fashion designer Adrian Landau and Lumber and Salt on an archive collection of -of one-of-a-kind products that will be available for purchase on Saturday, December 4th. This is happening at the studio at 1291 Main Road in Jamesport from noon to 6 p.m. on Saturday, December 4th. And the best part is 25% of all sales will be donated to Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital. That's 25% of all sales. Once again, this very special and generous event with Adrian Landau and Lumber and Salt is being hosted by Sherry Winter Parker, the top producing agent on the North Fork for over 16 years. Hello again everyone and welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. I am Graham Parpin and this is one of those issue episodes where we're talking about the new issue of North Forker magazine, which is hitting newsstands this week. Where as we're recording this, the copies are in route to our office and they will be in route to all of you. Beginning tonight into this weekend, certainly by this weekend, if you're bouncing around the North Fork, you will be able to pick up our December issue, which is holiday themed. I am joined today by the whole team, is here. We got Tara Smith. Hello, hello. Charity Roby.
1: Happy Holidays.
0: And Lee Meyer. (laughs) Hi, Grant. How are you? I am doing swell. It's the holidays and I'm having a, a jolly old time. And, you know, for me, when I think of the holidays, I think of that time with family. I'm really excited. My parents, um, they spend part of the year out of town, and they're coming back for Christmas. They're coming into town this week. I'm really excited. And, um, you know, when you think of family and you think of home, you think of the different traditions that you have. And, Charity, I wanted to kick it off with a piece that you did on sort of holiday traditions and, in particular, when it comes to food and you talk to some Various chefs. And why don't you tell us? About that story.
1: All right. Well, this was a really fun piece to report um, because I was talking to people about their cherished uh, memories of holidays, mm-hmm. and uh, some of these holidays were, you know, Hanukkah and Christmas, but some of them were other things. Yeah, and I love that
0: about it. It Was yeah, such a diverse group.
1: And we have this really, you know, so it was, it was, it was very, very personal, a very personal experience. So, you know, so for instance, I, I, I spoke to uh, chef. On Shelter Island, Sixto Coronel, who uh, is he's uh, at Isola, which is an uh, Italian restaurant, um, but he grew up um, in uh, in South America. He he grew up um, in Ecuador on a farm, and his family's farm. And um, just hearing about their uh, their holiday traditions it's a catholic country so they were you know celebrating celebrating christmas um but on on the farm you know his father grew cacao and his mother made chocolate milk from their cacao she also made um, a particular pastry, which, as far as he knows, she made up, that she stuffed with papaya jam, also grown on their farm, and he just just talking to him about these memories was just really yeah. really w- warmed warmed my heart. And so there, and you know that was true basically of of, of every one of the chefs I spoke to. I also spoke to uh, Cheo Avia of Contiki. He um, grew up in Venezuela, and so he had some fantastic memories of making a very particular dish uh, that is sort of the Venezuelan Christmas dish. Very involved uh, family preparation. But we also, I also was was privileged to talk to Mustafa Gulson, uh, who is at Turquoise Grill in Riverhead, and he told me about his remembrances of Ramadan, of celebrating Ramadan. And just an incredible uh, story that that he told about the role of food, um, which is very different from the way food plays out in in Christian traditions, and and it just a wonderful, wonderful, and very moving um, story that he told. Um, Yuki Mori of Sterling Asake spoke to me about the Japanese New Year traditions, which are fascinating. Um, Aki Goldberg spoke about Hanukkah and Ursula de um, uh, about her childhood, Catalan childhood. Uh, and then I wrapped it up with uh, uh, talking to Amanda Hayward on Shelter Island. Um, they have a very sort of southern tradition from her her father uh Jim Hayward, came up from South Carolina, and so her family still has a lot of uh sort of southern traditions, but they celebrate in New York now, and they as they have they 've been here since the fifties and uh there 's uh deep fried turkey involved and her father 's ham and mm. just you know fantastic mm. uh fantastic food events so yeah, this was great. I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed writing it, and I, and I hope you enjoy reading it.
0: Do you have any holiday traditions yourself, uh, food wise? Oh, we have a you're... lot of them. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, we have a lot of them. Well, we were actually having a debate today about the bird, about the the Christmas bird, I mean we celebrate. We do celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Hanukkah. We actually celebrate Chinese New Year. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, family traditions uh, nice. that that we. That we observe, I would say the 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 one that maybe is most interesting is is we do when we celebrate uh, Chinese New Year, we do an amazing number of dumplings. I will make hundreds of dumplings, oh, man. and uh, yeah, so that's so that's maybe you know, I uh, should start so celebrating the holiday <laughs> with you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's a great one. It's a great one. Yeah,
0: you, you know, uh, a piece that dovetails nicely into this is one that you did, Tara. Now I've been hearing for a while. You just kind of hear through the, the rumor mill when you're out and about, hey, you hear about this new pastry chef at South Hold General. And, uh, you know, you spoke to him and also about his uh, French holiday traditions.
2: Yeah. So chef uh, Francois Payard is the pastry chef over at South Hold General, um, which really, since it opened in August, has become this – a uh, little foodie haven, if you will. I don't know if anyone stopped in. It's terrific. Um, yeah, they have great coffee and also just beautiful pastries. And the flatbreads are are awesome. You really can't go wrong if you're looking for a little lunch or something sweet. Um, But I tagged along with Dave, our photographer, who was doing a shoot of some desserts that um, Chef was making for the holiday season. Um, This was, you know, thinking back to late October. So he was making Thanksgiving pies, um, which were beautiful, um, very, you know, elegant. Um, But he also brought out a tray of uh, boche du Noël, which is a French uh, traditional cake that they'll have after Christmas dinner. Um, They're Traditionally, I should say, in, in France, um, you know, you put frosting on the outside and it's a roll cake that is shaped to look like, um, you know, a log that you'd have burning Um definitely a staple in French tradition. It, uh, symbolizes good luck and prosperity for the new year. Um, and it's something that, you know, he remembers from his childhood growing up, um, you know, obviously, uh, kind of a unique childhood in France. Um, his grandfather had this renowned bakery and, um, which is where he got his, you know, start in the pastry world. Um, so he he you know was gracious enough to give us a look at how he decorates them, uh, and also shared the recipe for that cake with us. So if anyone's feeling a little bit daring or wants yeah. to try something new, I think this is cool.
0: I looked at um, it, I thought about it. It's intense. I don't think I could get it to look that it's well. It's like but fourteen I think or
2: fifteen <laughs> steps. Like it's yeah. it's a commitment. I think following the recipe, I could at least
0: get it to taste pretty well. Yeah, taste yeah. Of, yeah. Taste know, good. even if it doesn't oh, yeah. look like it, chocolate sugar, you know, kind of mashed <laughs> creation. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, yeah, that's great. Thank you for doing that piece, and thank you, Chef, for uh, sharing with us. Uh, Lee, you wrote about a place that – you know what I loved that you talked about in this story you did about Halleckville Museum Farm mm-hmm. is the sort of mention how it's placed between these sort of like tourist destinations, you know, all these places that people would go, and yet people don't always think of Halleckville in that way. Um, and But yet it's a real treasure, and you look at the photos that they um, – that, that Dave took at, at their property. I mean, it's they have it's an amazing place to visit. It really is. And
3: one of the things that I discovered during my my I took a tour, I spoke with uh, with Roberta Schoten, who is the executive director of Halleckville. And one of the things I realized is like unless you go for a field trip with your elementary
2: school, Chances are you haven't been to Halleckville Museum. <laughs> farm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've been to Halleckville since my elementary school. took right. a <laughs> yeah. field trip there, but your article made me really want to visit. Yeah. yeah. Weddings
0: and some of their events bring people in for <laughs> yeah. sure. But like, it's actually just like a place that you could really visit any time. And really, mm-hmm. it would it's almost great. be better to visit when it's not like a crowded time. Absolutely. You
3: know? yeah. So Halleckville is, um, the museum farm is a nonprofit organization, um, it's mission is to educate people about the history of the farming um, culture on Long Island and to preserve the Halleck family homestead, which is so interesting. The Hallecks are one of Long Island's oldest families. They were a Puritan family. Um, and they had a homestead here um, with... They would just keep building on the homestead. So if you got married, you your family would then build you a house on the homestead and you would, you would start your family there. And it's it's all preserved you can walk through these people's houses you can walk through the preserved uh, homes you could also go there and you can volunteer like there's this great community of volunteers they farm um, some some of the retired uh, people in this community um, will mow the lawn will get on the tractor and uh, it's just like a really it's a hidden gem that um, more people should go to Um and not just for, for their, you know, semi-annual events. Um, you know, one interesting thing talking about Christmas is I spoke to Richard Wines, who, um, is a descendant of the Hallecks and a famed historian out here. And I, I asked him, what are the, what were the Hallecks' holiday traditions for Christmas? And he said, uh, they're, they were Puritans. They didn't celebrate, um, (laughs) which I just thought was really interesting. They eventually celebrated, I think, but, uh, for the most part, you know, um, they were a very religious family and they were all about working on, on that farm. And you can see, you can see a lot of it. Um, and Dave Benthal took beautiful photos.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: I loved the photos. They seemed to have, like, these multiple old pianos that made me. There's a lot of pianos. Like, I wanted to sit down mm. and play the piano, even mm-hmm. though I don't. But, it, uh, you know, maybe I'll get lessons. Makes you want to learn. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really, really cool. Thanks for, for doing that piece. And, you know, Charity, you did the Dream Day this month. And we don't often talk about Dream Day on these podcasts because a lot of times it's someplace a little bit. Far from here, but this one is actually in New York City now. If we look at our web match metrics, most of our traffic actually comes from New York City. So for a lot of these people who are listening to this podcast, this would be spending a dream holiday day right at home. For some people out here on the North Fork, you might want to take a trip into the city. I've I've done that a uh, couple recent Christmas. I had a great time with my son as a little uh, daddy son trip mm-hmm. into the city. Um, and you had a lot of great ideas within this Dream Day. Yeah, charity.
1: no, I was, I considered this a challenge because, you know, you're right for a lot of people who read this, they live in New York. So yeah. I, and you know, I, I also uh, live in New yeah, York from sure. time to time. So um I uh, I was looking for things that were not you know the the obvious the obvious choices and so I started right out with something that I've gotten excited about l- lately which is arriving in New York via Moynihan train hall which is just opened uh, less than a year ago and is really I mean it is a fantastic public space and yeah. even if all you do is walk to the front of your train and get off in Moynihan <laughs> and then you know walk right out it is it is worth seeing it is it is is a truly beautiful space, um, and it's uh, just incredible to think that there is now a decent, you know, a decent welcome to to New York via train, and it's not just <laughs> the rabbit warren of, yeah. of Penn Station. Um, and I also the, the same the same idea. I, I I included the the sort of new uh, roof rooftop uh, deck area of. The um, Mid what used to be called the Mid Manhattan Library as a breakfast spot because they've that also is just recently opened and it is just lovely. The views if you walk up there are uh, or if you take an elevator up there are spectacular uh, and you can buy Amy's bread and all sorts of refreshments. It's a great place for a coffee and just to sort of get a view of New York that is has only recently become available and it's the view up and down Fifth Avenue. Um, from around 42nd Street. So it's a fantastic place to, to, to stop. Um, there are holiday shops at Bryant's Par- Bryant Park, which is right across the way. And they're really interesting. Lots of crafts, um, but very unique items, not things you'll find everywhere. Um, and, you know, every but people in New York, uh, you know, do a lot of their Christmas shopping there. Yeah. So why shouldn't we? Um and uh, so then, I suggest that you head uptown because the uh, Museum of Natural History um, has opened their Hall of Gems and Minerals. They've just redone it, and it is gorgeous. It is so beautiful, and it's perfect for holiday because it's all glittering. It's just you know there is so much bling, and uh, yeah. so it's it's a it's really it's a fun 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 visit. Um, there's also uh, for the afternoon, you know, many many options. Um, one that I th- I hope everybody will consider is a visit to the Metropolitan Opera, which is uh, also just they've just cleaned their chandeliers and they are fantastically beautiful, <laughs> very very glittering and shiny. Even if you just go in and look around, but also there are some uh, Cinderella is is in uh, showing this month. Are uh, there performances of that and the Magic Flute, which is a big wow. favorite. Um, that's can't on my go wrong list. with the magic flute. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and the Botanical Garden has, in addition to their train show, which everybody knows about and, you know, is is definitely worth a visit, they're also doing an evening sort of light show called, um, it's called Glow, something glow, uh, Let Yourself Glow, I think maybe. Um, it's about a mile and a half of illuminated outdoor plants, and they oh. they have uh, hot chocolate and beverages, and so it's a nice thing to do really nice. uh, in the evening. Um, I also recommend a couple of restaurants that are uh, a little bit, you know, not the obvious places, um, <laughs> one of which is a huge favorite of mine, King, uh, in the West Village. Um, definitely got to make a reservation ahead of time, but it's a, just a quiet, small, quiet, fantastic uh, restaurant. Um, and, you know, if you have to stay over, um, I have some recommendations for you there, too.
0: Great. Um, you know, they have uh, in this magazine, we always have some, there's a holiday issue. We always have some shopping suggestions. And this this time around, we have our our shop local with uh, Alex Vinash. We also have our um, holiday gift guide, which has so many ideas from so many different places. And Terry, you also did a piece on... Candles. And in particular, you know, our little teaser here was locally glown candles. Get it? You know, we're was growing. (laughs) Uh Some some things are glown on Long Island. Um, And you did a piece uh, on a couple people who are making candles locally on the North Fork.
2: Yeah, so candles are, uh, you know, a very popular holiday gift, um, you know, house housewarming gift or hostess gift. Um, and who doesn't love candles? So it was really cool to see, you know, the, the love and the work that goes into each hand poured candle made uh, locally here in the North Fork. For this story, I visited the Weathered Barn in Greenport, which is a great little shop. Um, Rena Wilhelm and her husband, Jason, um, they've been making these handmade soy candles for uh, the better part of a decade. So they've they've really nailed it down to the the <laughs> art and science mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I also spoke with uh, Sue McAllister from In the Attic, um, which just recently reopened in their new location right. in Mattituck. Um And, you know, she started it as more of a, you know, I need something, a hobby, you know, something to kind of fill the free time. And, um, you know, she said it's very therapeutic to work with the wax and, uh, you know, that process of letting it set and everything. Um, I didn't set out to write the story this way, but um, it, it sort of became a, a story on, on scent and, and memory and how they're connected, um, which I'm just fascinated by. Um you know, when I was talking with with uh, Rena and Jason over at the Weathered Barn, you know, I was looking at their wall of candles, and they had, you know, all these you know really artistic names and you know I think one was Devil's Walking Stick which is um, sort of earthy and, and has more of those like naturey notes um, and Jason you know he was taking a, a candle the, the coastal rain candle and he was like you know we came back from a trip to uh, the west coast when they were you know visiting the Redwoods and um, Muir Woods and and we wanted to come up with, with a scent that you know really brought us back there um, which I thought was, was kind of interesting um, because scent is um, such a unique uh, one of our senses that can really bring us back to a place. So,
0: absolutely, That's great. yeah, yeah. And we also have some drink stories in this uh, issue as well. We have, uh, have some some guest contributions. Uh, Joe Coleman, the great uh, local mixologist, gave us some holiday punch recipes. And Ali Shaper wrote about orange wine making a little bit of a comeback. Uh, Allie, of course, the great uh, winemaker from As If Wines and Chronicle Wines, Conic Cellar Door. And um, Lee, you also did a story on wine clubs. And I think it's a great time of year to start thinking about, you know, next year, picking uh, a winery that you really love and uh, becoming a member there by uh, joining their wine clubs.
3: Yeah, you know, I think we're very lucky in this region to have so many options for wineries and and really interesting unique wines. Like you said, orange wines are making kind of a comeback. And, um, I kind of did, I did research on, um, all the wine clubs that you can join at the various, uh, wineries in, in the area. Um, basically wine club memberships typically work, um, like the same way. So you're, you're, you're paying per shipment. You're usually getting a few wines per shipment. You usually get shipments, um, a few times a year, typically it's seasonal. Um, and then you're getting, uh, for the most part, you're getting um, invitations to VIP events, special tastings. You, you'll often get a complimentary tasting um, flight uh, when you go to when you go to the tasting room. Uh, you're you're getting special events that are only open to wine club members. It's a nice way to to join a community. It's a nice way to. Um, immerse yourself in the in the wine culture if, if if you're um if you're really interested in it and it's also a good gift if you're if you have a f- um friend or family member that you're what am i going to get them this year and you know that they really love Bedell wines, hint hint. Um, you know, uh, maybe consider signing them up for a membership for the next year. Yeah. So, Lee's mom, if you're listening,
2: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Santa, so, if you're out there, yes.
0: You know, it's just an, another great issue. The list we talk about uh, some chocolates. Great time of year, holidays uh, to get go out and get chocolates. Uh, the map on uh, on on fire that that you put together, charity, and you know all these places with. Uh, it's not just firewood. Yeah, I know. Fire, uh, <laughs> uh, you know.
1: Fire pits, fire supplies. Yeah. Um, you name it. Exactly.
0: And, it, you know, it's just... Uh, Buy your
1: firewood local. No, nope, we don't want any bugs in here.
0: <laughs> it's just a great uh, great time of year on the North Fork. I think it's reflected uh, through all the great work that you all did in this issue. So thanks so much for fun. writing these pieces. Thank you. And happy holidays. Yeah. And thank you for listening, everybody.